This is Rhema for Today. She said, you know, I wanted you to pray that God would give me some kind of a feeling so I'd know that he had forgiven me. I never have felt yet on the inside of me like the Lord has forgiven me. Well, I said, I'm not going to do any such a thing. I'm not going to pray one lick about it. We've already got the answer to your problem. The Bible said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, I know that, Brother Hagin. I know that verse is in there, but... Well, now, you can't help people and them take sides against the Word. You've got to side in with God's Word going to work for them. I said, Sister, you know what's wrong with you? She said, No, you? I said, Yeah. Well, she said, I wish you'd tell me. I said, You see, you're not willing to forgive yourself. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching, Mountain Moving Faith, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Remember, several years ago, I was holding a meeting in Fort Worth, Texas. And at the close of the service like this in the morning time, a lady met me in the aisle after the service and said, Brother Hagan, I want you to pray for me. Well, I said, what for? She said, well, do I have to tell you? I said, yeah, I'm not going to pray unless you do. You know, I run a few polls. You know, this is election time, and people especially are running polls about now. But I run through the years some spiritual polls. Way back in the 50s and up till uh, all around 1960. And I, for, for, for over a period of several years, everybody that would turn in a prayer request to me personally, you know, because a lot of them don't want to tell you what it is, just pray, you know. And I'd always ask them, what is it? What is your request? And, and just about the, the majority of the time, they'd say, well, do I have to tell you? And I'd say, yes. I'd always say, yes, I'm not going to pray unless you do. Because read it wouldn't do any good. I said, read it wouldn't do any good. I'm going to emphasize that. Now then, I'll show you why it wouldn't do any good. Number one, if you want me to pray about something for you, then you're either expecting one or two things. You're either expecting me to have faith for it, or you're expecting me to agree with you that it'll come to pass. Isn't that right? Well, how in the world am I going to have faith for something I don't even know what I'm believing for? Huh? Well, you can't. You can't have faith for something you don't know what you believe for, and you can't agree on something that you don't know what you're agreeing on. No, we just get in the habit sometimes. It don't mean a thing where I learn something else. I learn something else. But a lot of times people just get in the habit of saying, pray for me, pray for me, and they don't mean a thing in the world by it. Just a, they're just words, just making conversation. I know I was holding a meeting down in East Texas. And in the day service, I was in a certain church, but in the day service there was four, five, six, seven, I guess, all together part of the time, pastors over the air that would come into the day service and the teaching and and so after the morning service over, while well, we ministers were standing around talking, one by one they had to leave. And finally, they were just the pastor and, and a, a neighboring pastor and I talking. And so he got ready to go. So he shook hands with us. And when he shook hands with the pastor here where I was holding a meeting first, and then he shook hands with me, and he, just before he stepped out a side door, he said to me as he, as he shook my hand, held on to my hand a moment and said, pray for me. And he started to step out the side door of that church. So I just clamped his hand, held on to it and said, what for? And, you know, he looked at me sort of startled and batted his eyes like a toad frog in a West Texas hailstorm and said, I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, if you don't know what you're praying for, you wouldn't know if you ever got it, would you? How would he ever know if I ever got anything for him? See what I mean? Well, <laughs> that's just about right, isn't it? Well, this lady there in Fort Worth, let's don't forget about her. Let's don't leave her standing there now. <laughs> this lady there in Fort Worth said, Brother, I want you to pray for me. Well, I said, what for? Well, she said, do I have to tell you? I said, yeah, I'm not going to pray unless you do. Well, she said, I'll tell you. She said, uh, now I've been saved about seven years now and filled with the Holy Ghost about five years. Been teaching the Sunday school class here in the church. You know, people want to want you to pray about something, they go all over the country and tell you something. So, <laughs> so she said, uh, been teaching the Sunday school class here in church for about five years. Well, I said, sister, you're telling me something. Well, wait a minute. She said, I'll get down to it in a minute. <laughs> and she said, uh, you know, she said, uh, now, now, of course, said my husband and I, I wasn't a Christian, neither was he when we were married. And we've been married for a good many years. In fact, we were married for uh, about 14 years before I ever got saved. And she said, he's, uh, he never has gotten saved, but I've been saved the last seven years. Now, she said, he's always drank a little bit. But he'd just have a drink or two, maybe with the fellas. He'd never come in drunk, anything like that. And a good man, a good husband, I love him, and, and always a good provider. And he'll even come to church with me on Sunday night most of the time. But he's never made a move toward God. But she said, now, before I was saved, before I was a Christian, I was awful high-tempered. But now she said, in seven-year period here, I've never, over a seven-year period, I didn't lose my temper one single time. Oh, I come close a few times. But I held on to it. I never lost my temper. But she said here a while back, he had uh, taken a drink or two, and he came in home, and, and he made like, you know, he is really lit up good, you know. And, and I thought he was. And all these years of married life, about 21 years, you know, well, he had never done that. And said, I just, uh, I just uh, got mad. I'll just be honest with you. I lost my temper, and I, I lit in on him, and... I'll tell you, she said, <laughs> I turned him every way but loose. And said, he finally hung on. I'm all right. I'm just putting on. I'm just putting on. I'm not drunk. <laughs> and then said, that made me madder than ever for him to do me that way. <laughs> and so after I gave him another good piece of my mind, well, I, uh, I went in my bedroom and slammed the door and locked it. And then said, after two or three hours, I cooled off. And then I was, I was ashamed of myself. Because words kept coming back to me, and I said, who said that? And I could hear myself saying, it is me said all that. And I said a lot of things that I shouldn't have said, and it's wrong. And so then I got out of bed and got on my knees, and I, I just prayed the rest of the night that God would forgive me. Never did open the door and let him in. He slept in another bedroom, but said, the next morning then at breakfast table, I, I apologized to him. He didn't say anything to me, and I didn't say anything to him until we sat down to eat. And I always prayed, and he'd be very nice about it. He'd wait for me to pray. And finally said, well, aren't you going to pray? And he said, she said, I said, well, before I pray, before I ask the blessing, I've got to apologize to you. Now, I prayed and asked God to forgive me, and I want you to forgive me. Well, he said, I don't have anything to forgive you. I really ought to be asking you to forgive me. I'm the one that brought it all on. I'm the agitator. I'm the one that caused it all. You forgive me. Well, she said, I'll forgive you all right. But now she said, I... Uh, after all, though, I'm a Christian and a spirit-filled Christian. And, 
and I haven't lost my temper, you know, in all these seven years. And here it is. I just, I just went off of the, you know, and, and, and I, I just uh, said a lot of things I shouldn't have said, and, and I'm wrong, and, and, and you forgive me. Well, he said, all right, I'll forgive you, but I'm the blame for it. You forgive me. Go ahead and ask the blessing. So she said, I stumbled through the blessing, and we ate. Well, I said, sister, you haven't turned in any prayer requests. You've told me something. Well, she said, here's what I wanted you to do. She said, you know, I wanted you to pray that God would give me some kind of a feeling so I'd know that he had forgiven me. I never have felt yet on the inside of me like the Lord's forgiven me. Well, I said, I'm not going to do any such a thing. I'm not going to pray one lick about it. We've already got the answer to your problem. The Bible said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, I know that, Brother Hagin. I know that verse is in there, but. Well, now you can't help people and them take sides against the word. You've got to side in with God's word. He's going to work for me. I said, Sister, you know what's wrong with you? She said, No, you? I said, Yeah. Well, she said, I wish you'd tell me. I said, You see, you're not willing to forgive yourself. That's where your trouble is. I said, the Lord forgave you, or else he lied about it, and I don't believe he lied. Do you think your husband lied when you asked him to forgive you? And he said, all right, I will. No, she said, I don't think it is. Then I said, you've got more faith in an unsaved husband than you have in God. God said if we confess our sins. Isn't that right? Then not only that, but I said, you know what else you're telling me? You're telling me that God may have lied about it but that your feelings don't lie. Your feelings said he hadn't forgiven you. God says he has, but you can believe your feelings and can't believe God. Well, now, you know, a lot of folks don't catch it, but that woman was intelligent enough to get it, and she saw how terrible it was. Our faith must not be in our feelings. Our faith must be in what God said. Are you listening to me? Faith will work in your heart with a doubt in your head. I know some of the greatest things ever happened to me. Even receiving healing from my own body. A body practically totally paralyzed. And two serious organic heart troubles. And, a, and an incurable blood disease. And the whole time when I began to say, I believe from my heart that I received my healing, my head said, it's not so, 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 it's not so. Oh, I had trouble with my head. Did you ever have any trouble with your head? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. But here, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Well, now, here in these, in these two other portions of Scripture that we read to you, John, the 20th chapter, and, uh, and Romans, the 4th chapter, we have a contrast of two kinds of faith. We have a contrast of head faith and heart faith. You see, Thomas's faith was a head faith. You see, Jesus, after his resurrection, had appeared to the disciples, and Thomas wasn't with them. And the disciples said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Well, he said, I'll not believe unless I can see the print or the wound of the nail in his hand and put my finger in that nail hole or wound. And I can see the wound in his side where that soldier took that Roman spear, you see, and thrust it up under his rib cage and his left side. 
and that Roman spear was five inches wide at the base, so there's plenty of room for him to put his hand and see the wound in his side and thrust my hand into that wound. I'll not believe he said, let Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer begins with three CDs from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord. Also from Kenneth Hagan, the three CD series, Keeping Stress from Becoming Distress and the mini-book from Kenneth E. Hagan, How to Turn Your Faith Loose. All this for the special price of $28. That's $19.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema dot org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, Let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We are still enrolling for the fall semester of Rainbow Bible Training College, so you can apply today online at rbtc.org. Yes. We are having, we'll having there here online. On, yes. Uh, we're going to have it right here on, on campus. On our campus. Not online, but on, on, on our campus. campus. Live. live. Yes. That's right. Live. Call one eight eight eight. Faith 99. That's toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue his message, Mountain Moving Faith. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.